two, one. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Failure Friday. I don't have my crew with me today, so we're gonna try again something new in my bathroom. Uh, but nonetheless, Failure Friday is a my brainchild where we get to talk to clients, friends, and sometimes complete strangers about how failure has shaped them, their lives, how they've fallen on their face and how they've came back, how they've fallen forward, how that's made them a better person, father, mother, sister, brother, cousin, business owner, and what we can learn from that and what we can learn from them. And today I'm super excited to have a friend who I haven't spoken to in a really long time. His name yeah. is Sean Taylor. He is owner of Taylor Made Training for You. He is the first personal trainer I have ever hired and I, I claim you to be the person who taught me good workout habits and how to get off my ass and work out every day because three days a week just doesn't cut it. And it wasn't really until I started going five days a week that I started to see my body change and I attribute all of that self-discipline to what he instilled in me. So thank you for being here, Sean. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to be here. He got all slim on us. When the last time I saw him, he had about 30 pounds on him. Now he looks like he's anorexic. No offense, if you have an eating disorder, don't DM me. Um, but Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came into this industry? I remember when I came to you, you were just so captivating and you have such a crazy story. I don't know how much of it you're going to share, but tell us how you came to the conclusion that personal training in the fitness industry is where you belonged. Well, uh, for me, it's it's pretty bizarre because, you know, everybody I talk to, like clients, they are fascinated by the story because I fell in love with exercise in seventh grade. So, and playing sports and, you know, being athletic and going through all those channels that you go through, I just fell in love with it. But I didn't get really serious about fitness, fitness until maybe I was 19. That's when I really got oh, intrigued wow. and about, you know, the anatomy of the body. You know, I have a degree in exercise science and nutrition. So I've always been like, very fascinated by how the body looks like i'll stare at people and they may think i'm checking them out like no i'm just looking at your anatomy and what you can change and this and that you know it the, what the a physique. thing to say <laughs> but no i'm not, not i was no, just checking you that. out letting you know what i could change about you <laughs> no i did see, see now kendall you know what i that's not what i mean but uh you know it's just, okay it's, it's almost like it's almost like a hairdresser, you know, they, they, they do hair all the time. So they're always, you know, looking at hair. Hmm, it's, it's, so I do the same thing with the body. The body, the human anatomy really is intriguing to me. So I fell in love with it at an early age. Very weird. I used to do push-ups and sit-ups in the bathrooms. How I knew I was kind of on to something, there was an Ironman competition in 11th grade. And all the years I've been doing push-ups and sit-ups in the bathroom, it finally came off in the JRTC program I was in. And when I did like 200 push-ups and 200 and some sit-ups in two minutes. Uh, JRTC. It's, um, it's, you know, they have JRTC for the Army, the Marines, the Air Force, and the Navy. It's a program that it's pretty much elective in high school. Um, I haven't been in high school in so many years. I'm so old, but I don't know if they still have JROTC. I think they do, but it's a program. If a kid was interested in making a military career, it is kind of like the stepping stone to going that route. If that's something that you want to do. And it's, 
Yeah, so it, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Now, um, at the time I was playing football and running track and when the JRTC instructor saw me do 200 push-ups in two minutes, he was like, you're gonna be our representative at the Ironman competition. I was like, no the heck I'm not. He's like, yes you are. I was like, no you're not. I know your uncle's son, he was a hell of a football player. I'm gonna talk to somebody in your family, da da da. I said, listen sir, with all due respect, I'm not doing this. I, I'm playing sports and that's what I wanna do. I'm not coming here to be a representative or the face of this Ironman competition. So, but lo and behold, between my mom and my aunt, they both convinced me to do it and I killed it. I killed it. So here I am, this, you know, nobody, they knew who I was, but they, they really knew who I was. Oh, Ironman, this guy beat out all the schools in the county, all these kids, he just beat. And so it, it, it just kind of went from there. And- um, What is Ironman? It was a, it's an event that consists of push-ups, sit-ups, a two-mile run, and an obstacle course. So based off your scores um, and based off how well you do, they score you off points. The goal is to max out in everything in order to, you know, to win it. So I didn't think I was going to, I didn't have that much confidence. And people's like, what, you didn't have confidence? No, no, no. If it wasn't for my mom, my mom is, she was like my cheerleader, my, you can do this, there's nothing you can't do, you can do this. And I was just like, mom, I, don't, I really don't think I can do this. And she's like, you're gonna go out there, believe in yourself, I believe in you, go out there and kill it. I know, she's like, son, you've been doing push-ups and sit-ups in the bathroom since seventh grade, you got this. Like, come on, you, know you got this. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> like, come on, you can do this. And I was like, and so her motivating me and inspiring me and just believing in me. Sometimes you just need somebody to believe in you in order for you to start believing in yourself. So she pretty much believed in me more than I believed in myself. So I went out there and, and killed, I just killed it. And I, I, def, I defended my crown or whatever you want to call it, my 12th grade year too. My, my, my 12th grade year was harder because, you know, there were people like gunning for me, you know, like I got to get this guy, I could beat this guy. And then I, I won it. I won it again my second, my second year. Um, and it was, it was pretty cool because they, you know, they shut down the high school and they presented you this huge trophy in front of the whole school. And it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty big deal to me. I was kind of shy back then. I didn't, I'm not a person who likes a lot of attention. Um, no way. No one with traps that big doesn't like attention. Kendall, stop it. I did not get into <laughs> lifting weights because of that, but I just love the way exercise feels. And it just, and exercise, I tell people all the time, is deeper than just the way you look. It's therapeutic. It helps with your mental acuity. It makes you feel good. You're happy. It creates endorphins. It's, it, it's so deeper than what the outside appearance. And so that's why I try to get people to, when people come and see me, they're like, hey, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. I want, I try to educate people on, just don't worry about the outside appearance, but it also helps in, in, internally, you know? So I don't want people to get, never get that misconstrued, but everybody has their own reasons for uh, getting into exercise. So when the football was done and uh, you know my military career was done, I was like, well, what am I going to do? What is it? And I remember the professor saying in college, if there was something you could do for free, what would that be? You could just do it for free. And I was like, well, I want to help people. But what is it, Sean, that you want to do for free? I was like, you know what? I would love to have my own personal training facility. And he was like, oh, all right. I need you to write a paper on that. 
<laughs> okay, so I've always had this vision, uh, which started my senior year in high school, that that is something I always wanted to do once it's all said and done. And finally, that vision became into a reality. So, uh, which got me here, but it was a huge, I went through a lot of letdowns and setbacks trying to get to that place, you know, cause um, I have a degree in exercise science. I know nothing about business. Oh so, gosh, who are you you're preaching right you know, now? Yeah, but my brother, he has an MBA. So I would get little tidbits from him and, and, and people, other entrepreneurs. And one thing I learned that you need as an entrepreneur, the number one thing you need is patience. Tenacity, I would say that. Yes, yeah, a whole I lot of stop that. You. I want to stop you right there because you said brother. Tell everyone where you're from. Well, I have roots in both places. Uh, I have family in Baltimore, Maryland, and Florida. There you go. And see, and New York and Philadelphia. So okay, well, the brother. Where does brother come from? Is that Philly or is that Baltimore? Uh, Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah, that's, what I thought. that's what she thought. That's what she thought. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's from everywhere. Um, yeah. When you did the Ironman, who were you competing against? Was that all high schoolers? That was all high schoolers. Um, I was 16 years old. It was nothing but all the high schools in the county. Now I don't know all the number of high schools, but it's just, let's just say it was it's thousands and thousands of kids out there. Oh so it, it was a big deal. So you think it's um, just the county? Yeah, it's a lot of kids. But uh, well, I remember when my mom, we drove up and I was just like, uh, when I saw all the people, I was I, I started freaking out. I was like, mom, look at all these freaking people out here. She was like, you can do this, Sean. She, and then my mom says something to me, and I and and, it, 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 and that's when it clicked. She's like, "How many of these kids out here from all these high schools have been doing push-ups and sit-ups since seventh grade? How many? How many kids you think it could do 200 push-ups and 200 sit-ups in two minutes? That's 120 seconds. That's not a lot of time, and that's a lot of reps. So I was like, Mom, I don't. I, I was so nervous. I felt like I was just gonna just throw up in my mouth. I was just, I was just nervous. The nerves just wouldn't stop. I said, mom, I don't, I don't know. I was, I, I, it was just intimidating. When you see all those people that you have to compete against, for me, it was intimidating. And so she just, she just kept saying, you can do this. Go out there and win this thing and make me proud. She said, there's not a doubt in my mind. I'm looking at this woman like she is on some serious dope or something. I was like, what? She believed in me that much. I was like, mom, look at all these, look at all these kids. But your mama, of course she does. And she, but she believed in something. And then when I wanted, she was not shocked at all. She's like, I knew my baby was gonna take this thing. I knew my baby was gonna take it. And my brother was really, because me and my brother, we are two years apart. And he was really impressed by that. So, and as I look back on it now, I'm like, at the time I didn't think, but now I look back on it, I was like, man, that's a big deal. Dude, that's yeah. that's a big deal. Two years in a row, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a big deal. And so my love for just exercise has just always been there. I'm, 
I, I have a love for it and I have a passion for it. I'm very passionate. Um, I've had a lot of people um, from my family lose their lives over, you know, health, you know, and make, which made me even more passionate for it even more. So I was like, if I can keep a person from not losing their life over something that they can prevent when it comes to their health, I think that, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm doing a big service, you know, to the community, to the world, whatever. If I could just help a, a couple of people just change their mindsets around. Because it, 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 it's, it, I, to me, Kendall, fitness exercise is 99% mental, only 1% physical. Ooh, it I is. 100% it is mental. Yeah, yeah. And I think everyone has to find their, the, how do you say this? The point at which it's easiest to surpass that mental block. So for example, for me, if I don't work out between 5.30 and 6.30 in the morning, the statistical likelihood of me working out at all that day decreases drastically. Like I have to do it between those hours. That might look totally different for someone else, but right. the key for me was finding out, all right, once I got the habit of working out, you know the habit you get where if you don't work out five days a week at least, then you feel like a failure because it's, it's a habit, right. it's part of your day. Right. So once you get exactly. to that point, you have to figure out, okay, when do I have to work out to where it decreases the chances of me not getting it done? And then at the end of the day, feeling like I have to go and work out at 10 p.m. before I can go to sleep. So right. that was my sweet spot. And I think that um, this, my dad, he's the same way. He has to work out at a specific time. So if you're at a point in your workout journey where, you know, you, you're at the, you mentally you're there, you, you're ready to eat right, you're ready to start working out because you're just fed up, find your your time sweet spot. There's probably a word right. for it. But that was that was huge for me. I was like, all right, I've just got to make my ass get up at this time, get it over with, and then it just flop. It doesn't even feel like it interferes with my day at all. Right. But exactly. Okay, so we talked about how awesome you were. Um, what <laughs> major failure though do you want to talk um, about today that contributed to your success? Um, my major failure. Um, I, I, there was a time in my life I was in my. I want to say late twenties. I, mean, I had some things going on in my life, and I tr and I, you know, I attempted to commit suicide. Nothing was going right in my life. And uh, my mother found me. And um, your late 20s. It was, yeah, it was in my late 20s when that, that went down. In or um, out of college? Oh, I was done. Uh, school was done. My late 20s, I was, I was well I don't done. Know. Maybe, maybe you were slow, slow blue. <laughs> slow you blue. didn't go to class that much. <laughs> right. Um, but it was, um, I was just, it, it was like, you know, I, I went through a breakup. It was just so much, it was just so many things that was going wrong at that time. So, um, you know, I just didn't, just didn't care. Just want, just, just want to live. My life, I think was like, wasn't what I wanted. And so, um, my turning point from there was to, um, and, and, and on, my, on my personal podcast, I talk about my mom a lot. Um, she's no longer with me, um, but I talk about her a whole lot because because of her, I think I there's certain things within me that are very good that I gain I pretty much got from her. 
And when I committed, tried to commit suicide, my mom was there. She kept it between me and her. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't get no, she didn't get no family members about, no one knew. No one knew. It was between me and her. Um, I remember the day uh, I took a whole bottle of Tylenol PM and a bottle of wine. And I just, boom, that was it. I, I was I was actually working. Part- no, no, no. I was working part time because you know I was working for uh, what was I doing that time? I was in. Um, I was working for uh, Bank of America, and then I was working at a health club part time. And uh, I was oh, no, actually, Kendall, I, I'm thinking I'm I was home because my mom was coming over to my to my apartment. I was home. Um, the door was ajar. The door was unlocked, and she walked in and she found me right there. Call 911. Is this is the story that she told me? Call 911. Call. They got EMTs out there, and you know, they, somehow, I mean, I was out of it. So my mom was just trying to get me to, you know, wake up. She threw me in the shower. You know, that whole spill or whatever. Um, until they got there, and I was, I was in and out, in and out. I, I can vaguely remember, but one thing I do remember is them. It was like we have to get these pills out of your system. We got one or two ways we can do this, Mr. Taylor. We can do this, and I can't remember the thing, but I don't know if they stick it. It was a tube they had to stick down my throat, or they give you. It's not this big, but it was a cup, and it had to be about this much and it was it looked like black tar okay i don't know the name (laughs) i don't know the name of it but i knew it was black and it was thick it looked like tar seriously that's all i remember that and it tasted kendall it was a taste that i I, you couldn't even fathom it was that horrible and i had to drink it and they sat there and they watched me it's like mr taylor you know, either you drink this or we're putting this tube down your, down your throat and you're not going to like that. So it was a motivation, it, they, they were motivating me to drink it and I finally drank it. So you had to, of course, go to the bathroom and it comes out your system, okay? Wow. So they pretty much had to pump those pills through me. Now, that was years ago. So I don't know if, if a person does that now, I don't know what they do now for that. But back then, um, that's what they did for me. And then my mom, you know, later- He's not that old, guys, okay? I know you're like, <laughs> how old is that motherfucker? He's not that old. So, <laughs> Kendall, you are crazy. So, um, to make a long story short, after, after a couple of days, because um, I'm gonna, they, they Baker act me. Um, I had to, I had to sit in this weird place for about three days, 72 hours. What was that like? It was um, it was like kind of being like in jail, but they were nice, you know. I mean, you know, yeah, that's what it was. It it, would, it just remind me of pretty much like solitary confinement, but on a on a better scale. <laughs> Yeah, one of my, one of my good friends um, yeah. in high school tried to do something similar. He got Baker acted, and I went and visited him. And I'll never forget. They made me take the shoelaces out of my shoes and my sweatpants. Right. Couldn't have like, none of that stuff. Shit, this shit's real. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much, I was in uh, boxers, and that's pretty much it. For three days. Anything that any. Oh, just my mom. 
That's it. She was the only person because my mom, me and my mom, we made a pact. We look, we're going to keep this. My mom was very private. So I get my, my mom's belief. Her, her, her motto was a private life. It's a happy life. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way because I used to have people all in my business. Oh yeah. I strongly live that. I live by that code. Um, because when I lived the opposite, it was always drama. There was always make, there was always something. And so I'm very, I don't have a lot of friends like I used to. Um, my circle is very, very sh small. And um, and I, I'm glad of that because um, I, I think you, you can't control the weather. I mean, certain things in life you can control, but you can control your personal life. And I'm kind of a control freak and no one's gonna infiltrate that unless I will allow you in. And so I believe drama comes one of two ways. You either create it, or you invited in. So if I'm not inviting that crap in, and I'm definitely not, I'm not creating it. I'm not letting your dud ass in my life to infiltrate my peace that I have. We live in a world that's just, it, it, it feeds off negativity. So why would I invite those people into my peaceful life, into my peaceful circle? No, you're gonna have to earn that. And I don't trust people very, I don't say I don't trust people. I think it's the, that, it's the devil inside them I don't trust. You you see what I'm saying? Everybody's Everyone got an angle. Yeah, everybody. So I'm very mindful of who I, and once you're out of that circle, you ain't getting back in it. Once I kick you out, you not, you will never get back in it. And that's just that's how I live deal. my life. Yeah, as you as you get older, cause Kendall, you're young. You're, you're, you're much younger than me. So as you get older, your views on life change based off what you go through in life. No, I, I feel that. You get more bitter yeah. almost, and it's kind of sad. <laughs> you do. You, a, you just get... Bitter, but grumpy But it's kind old. of what you're saying. Like, you, more shit happens, and you become more protective. And I right. can sum it down. Right. I don't know if my phone heard me heard me look at this quote or saw me look at this quote, but now I just see it everywhere every time I go into social media. But right. I was on Instagram, and I saw this quote, and it spoke to me. I made it the background of my phone. It said, stop allowing everyone access to you. Exactly. Stop. And exactly. I mean, that goes to your point of uh, stop inviting drama. Like if you don't let everyone have access to you, your life's going to be a lot more peaceful. It doesn't mean you have to be mean to everyone. No, Just not no. everyone needs to know how transparent or your, your deepest, darkest secrets. Because right. that's a problem I have. I share too much. I'm too transparent because I, I want people to feel comfortable around me. But in reality, that ends up kicking you in the ass more than more than not but you know what Kendall um now that you're speaking on transparency I didn't start coming 100% transparent until I lost my mom in December 2018 um I became very transparent because the people I thought that was going to be there for me when my mom when I lost my mom was it I was Nobody, there when you lost your mom yeah you were there and I uh, saw you, I, I swear, I came home crying one day after training. I don't know if it was right after. It wasn't because you were mean to me or anything, but I came home cry, crying, not like just boo-hoo crying, but I was like telling my husband about what just happened. I, you could literally see the spirit absent in your personality after being around you. Because at that, I, for, for context, I came to Sean, I don't know if you know this, but I got pregnant with our daughter and I was so depressed about it. So I didn't want kids. I really didn't. And then here I was pregnant. 
very, right when my career was starting to really take off and I was starting to make real money, I got pregnant. And I had to tell my clients, you know, I'm gonna be getting more and more pregnant because I'm pregnant and I have to take maternity leave. And I just felt like I was putting myself behind and that the only way I knew how to feel better was to chemically change by working out. And because I couldn't do drugs, right? I'm pregnant. I mean, I guess right. I could, but I'm not a terrible person. Right. Um, so I started working out with you and then it helped so much. But then shortly after, I want to say four months after I really started going, that happened right. to you. Right. And it was just, you just became so, not forever, but you just became so dark and empty for, for a I, very long time. I, I, I was, Kendall. And I'm, I'm so glad. You, I'm, Kendall, I, I totally forgot about that part that you just brought up and you brought up a I was different I mean and uh it was night I, I just didn't I lost my mojo I lost I lost my love for fitness I I did not I really didn't want to be when I my mom was and people don't understand I, I didn't know my father I, I grew up in a uh, in a single parent home that woman was a hustler a grinder she was highly educated she was highly it's, it, I never met someone who was so positive in my life. I never, it, she was so pos, positive to, to me, it was disturbing. That's how positive this woman was. She saw the, the she, she saw the positivity out of every bad situation. A divorce I went through, a breakup. And I'm like, why are you, are you lobbying for, what, are you campaigning for this person? And I'm like, I'm your son. She's like, no, baby, that's, you got to look at, you, she's like, Sean, hindsight's 20, you, 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 you have to look at, um, the, I said, Mom, well, I don't see any good in this. But she was like, you can take, she said, was everything in that relationship bad? I was like, no. She said, take the good that you saw from it. Don't dwell on the, the bad, you know, just take the good. You got to see the good. There's good in everything that you do, even if it goes wrong. So I, it, it, she, it, she, she used to get on my nerves with that, her, her positivity. Oh, 24 seven, it's like it never turned off. But when I lost her, I felt as if, I tell people all the time, when I lost my mom, I died too. Mm -hmm. I can never you be, did. I can never be the Sean that I was prior to two, December 2018. I, I will never be that guy. So what I had to do, Kendall, um, because I had, and Kendall, you remember, I just opened a second location in Houston, Texas. And I was flying back and forth, flying to Houston, flying to Jackson, flying to Houston. It was, it, and, and, and when that happened, I didn't care about anything. I pulled out of the Houston location, lost it, lost tons, lost money, lost, it just, it, I, I just really didn't care. I lost my, uh, I lo and, and as passionate and love for fitness, I had no desire for it whatsoever i just didn't care about anything anymore my business went in the red the jacksonville location here it went in the red i was losing people left and right um i just didn't care I, and and i felt like at that time no one understood what i was going through everybody still wanted me to be that sean and i couldn't i didn't know how to be that inspirational motivating guy and still go through what I was going through because my mom, my therapist, which I still see twice a week today, because I need, I have to. She says, Sean, what Therapy people don't is understand. so important. It is so important, Kendall. But Kendall, she said, my therapist says, Sean, what people don't understand, 
uh, every relationship when someone dies with that person is different. She said, your people, people don't understand. Your mom, she was your father. She was your mom. She was your positive go-to. She was everything to you. She was like your mom and your dad. So it's like you lost like seven people in one person. And people don't understand that type of grief, it hits different. And I still struggle. I have some days, like her birthday's coming up this month. I, I still struggle on that day. It's certain days it just hit me and it's like, and I bounce back. I've, I've gotten more mentally stronger, but, but here's the thing, Kendall. I lose my mom, December 2018. I lose my uncle, who was my everything, in March of 2019. Then I lose my aunt, who was like my second mother, in December of 2019. In that short time span, three pivotal deaths, and people just walk around like, oh, you, you should be fine. I'm like, and so when I went through all that, my circle got smaller, smaller. I cut people off because they wasn't there for me. They, they wasn't there for me. Um, no one was concerned. My, my clients, my clients were more concerned with me more than other people were who, who know me for years. So- Would you have let people be concerned for you though? Would you have uh, let yeah. people come in? I, Kendall, I needed it. I needed it. I mean, because it was like, people who were concerned with me were, they were breathing uh, like a little bit of life in me because they show that they care. And tell AJ, thank you for his gift. And, and that's between me and you and AJ. <laughs> you, remember, you remember what you gave? You remember what you I gave? I know exactly day? what I gave you. Girl, when I tell you, I, oh my God, I, it was amazing. You needed that. I needed that big time. But, uh, but I, I was going through a, a troublesome time. My therapist, when she found out my aunt passed the third death in a year, she, she broke down. She's like, I have, in my 20 years of doing this, I've never seen somebody experience that much death in such a short time span. She's like, I don't know how you're standing. I don't know how you, she was like, you have a mental strength. It doesn't even look like you're strong. She said, Sean, the average person probably would have took themselves out. They will be a wreck. He's like, I don't even know how you function. And I was like, I'm barely here. But to go through that many deaths in a short time span, it was like, it was life changing for me. And so, Kendall, I don't Physiologically, can you compare, now taking the situation out of it, right. physiologically, can you compare your reaction to you having that breakup, not being where you want to be, committing suicide, and the grief that you felt losing your mom. Did you react in a similar fashion? Um. <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah. You didn't, I mean, to, you didn't try to commit your su commit suicide again that you've mm -hmm. mentioned, but I that to me, I see growth, right? Because right, you right. did try, and then you consider you've experienced a very different but a similar just tragic defeat and then you did it but you know what Kendall I'm gonna share something with you that no one knew I contemplated suicide so much I thought, of, I, I thought about it some, but I self-medicated just to sleep I would drink and drink and drink 
that first that, that first year my mom died, I drank the whole year. I got high the whole year. I just went on a tangent. I was I was mean, I was angry, I was just I wasn't a good person to be around. I lost clients, I went off on people. I just uh, I just wasn't myself and I was like, Sean, you got to get yourself together. So what I had to do, I, I had to reinvent myself, Kendall. And I, I, I had to, I literally had to kill off who I was. I, I had to become somebody else in order to still be here right now. I had to get myself in a place to where I said, you know what, Sean? I used to lie a lot, like to, to fit in. I wanted people to like me. I wanted this woman to like me. I wanted to fit in with these guys. I used to lie a lot. I said, you know what, Sean? I need you to be a hundred percent. I changed, I changed. I was like, I'm gonna be a hundred percent transparent. I don't care if nobody likes it. And I kept hearing a voice, be transparent because be hundred percent transparent at all times. I keep hearing this voice because it's gonna weed out all the fakes. And it did, it did. It does. Me being a hundred percent truthful, it weeded out all the fakes. I hurt people's feelings, I didn't care because you was only with you was only involved with me because I was lying to you. I wasn't being honest with you about you being a piece of shit, you being a fat ass, you being lazy, you procrastinate, you you a mooch. I mean, I just really told people how they how I felt about it. And then my circle got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And well, I'm no I will never I will never going back. I would never go back to the guy of lying and telling people what they want to hear. I'm not going to walk around eggshells with you. You ask me a question, uh, be man enough a woman to deal with the answer. You know, you ask me, so here's the answer. Deshaun before, I would have sugarcoated it. I'd have danced around it. But now you ask me something, I'm going to give it to you. I'm giving it to you 100%, no chaser. Straight vodka, no chaser. Straight bourbon, no chaser. <laughs> So you got to take it and you, you got to take it and swallow it. But that's just where I'm at in my life. And um, I'm writing a book. It should be finished by the end of this year. It's called 100% Transparency. It's about everything that I've been through in my life. Yeah. So and I have another book that I, I finished. It was it's a 365 day devotional based off life stuff and health um, and life stuff and fitness that you can read that inspire you. Every day you can wake up and read something for that day. That's done, but the 100% transparency, it's, it's, I'm pouring my whole heart into this and it's gonna be something women can learn to understand their men more, men can learn to understand themselves more. It's just me being 100% candid about just what men go through, suicide, the whole, just, just all of the stuff. You know, um, What's and a lot of people are, 100% transparency. The, the devotional? Oh, the devotional. Um, I have, you know what? I haven't had a, I don't got a title for it yet. I, the book is finished. What? I'm like, I, I got, I don't know. I don't know a title. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a title. So um, I'm like, yeah, so I'm th trying to think of a title for it. So, um, but I'm more excited about the 100% transparency because there's a lot of things in the book that a lot of people don't know. And they're going to see a different side of Sean and who he, who he actually is, but they're gonna hit, it's a, it's a lot of pain in that book. It's a lot of hurt in that book. So, um, but it's things that's good. that, 
because there's it's a good. lot of pain and there's a lot of hurt in the world. Right. There's a lot of pain right. and there's a lot right. of hurt right. of a, people in your culture, people yeah. in your industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what this whole podcast is about is helping people that are on the same path. So how did you reinvent your business since your mom's passing? Um, you reinvented yourself, I, but you had to breathe yeah. life back into your business. Yeah, I did. Um, I came to a crossroads at the, my, me and my landlord, we, we, we came to a head and I was going through so much. And um, I liked my old landlord, but he sold it uh, uh, to- uh, Yeah, they, they, well, no, no, he was the, he was the new owner. But the, the old owner, um, he was, he was uh, a white guy, very nice. Um, but he sold it to the Indian guy. Once the Indian guy took over, I was just like, I just didn't like that guy vibe. I, me and him, we just butt heads a lot. And he emailed me um, and the, it, it just went wrong. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm getting out of here. So I moved into a new location. My owners, the, the my new landlords, I love them. Avi and his wife, they're from Israel. They're ex-military, they're funny. The bubbly is it was like a perfect fit and just it's a new location all my clients love her love it it's more upscale it's it's totally different and um, i needed something i needed a change so it started with that and i just felt like my love for the business started coming back and i just started just diving myself into it now i got a brand well not well, I would say 50% new clientele, clients that I love. Um, I let go and severed ties with some clients that I kind of felt as if um, I had to sever ties with um, because I fire people. People trip out. I'm like, let's guess I fire clients all the time. I do, I do, I do. Um, and I do that because I'm not in it for the money. I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by my passion. So, I do too. I do the same thing. If it's, I would rather, I tell yeah. my client, most of my clients are business owners and I always tell them you are one client away from losing it all. Right. So be careful on who you bring into your business. It's do not make it all about money or you will start to, even if you are the most passionate about what you do, if you bring in people that are not a good fit because you're desperate for money, you will fail eventually. You, you it will might take fail. 30 years. You will fail. And Kendall, when I do a consultation, people are like, well, I want, I'm doing this consultation because I want to see if you're going to be a good fit. I'm like, oh, so you, you do you think that you determine whether you're going to work with me or not? Yeah. I'm like, no, nah. I determine whether I'm going to take you on as a client. And the looks on people's faces when I tell them, I'm like, what? I can't believe it's you said that. It's a game changer. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, uh, I got clients. It's not like I need you. You know, I could see if I didn't have like five like clients. I, I'm, I'm, I told you, 100% transparency, buddy. 100% transparency. You either gonna be, you either gonna take it or not. I say, listen, because it's truth. I, I tell them, I was like, listen, yeah. I, I don't, I don't need you because if you don't become a client, somebody's emailing me, messaging me, or calling me. I want to be a client. I need to come in for a consultation. So I said, I'm the determining factor whether, you know, we're going to be trainer. It is going to be a trainer client relationship and, and people are just shocked. No, but I think people that's are more for sure. 
but but kind of people are more shocked that I fire clients. That's where they're really shocked. Like my trainer friends are like, dude, you throw away money? I say, dude, I'm not in it for the money. I was never motivated by money because I don't come from money. So I'm not motivated by it. Some people don't come from money, they're motivated. That's their job, that's a drive, drive, drive. I'm like, no, dude, because if I'm motivated by money, I am going to be exposed sooner or later. I am, and I don't want to be that guy, that trainer uh, who's just motivated by money. I was like, no, man, I, I like my personal training studio to have a certain positive vibe and certain people will kill that vibe. No, if you're a negative person, I can't, that's not gonna work for me. And I will fire your ass as quick as you can blame. If you got all that negative negativity and all that, because I tell people, I say, listen, once you walk through the door, whatever you're going through, leave that shit outside. Do not bring that nonsense in here. Because we all go through stuff. I said, how would you feel if I'm just dumping all my shit on you every day? And I go through a lot of shit, but you wouldn't be able to know, now would you? Yeah, I say, see how fair that is? So leave your shit outside of my establishment, <laughs> you know, because it is peaceful. We all get along, we laugh, we joke, we, Kendall, you know how, you know how yeah. I was, and it hasn't changed. I like to have fun, but I still like to torture you at the same time, but still laugh and pick at you or whatever, because that's just what I do. I want cool. a, a friendly and, and, and comfortable, peaceful environment. And you so. have to protect that. So yeah, how long to. did it take you? Because I, in my career, in the beginning, I was just so desperate to show people, colleagues that I could do it, that I took on whoever. And I quit. it took me about seven months to learn that that, I couldn't do it. I was gonna, something that I grew up loving, finance, trading, uh, I was going to start hating if I was just taking on anyone. So it took me, let's call it eight months to realize like, all right, I don't care if I make less than everybody else i'm going to be choosy on who i'm going to set a standard and if they don't meet the standard doesn't matter how much money they have i'm not bringing them on how long did it take you to, get to that point because in reality you have to pay bills so in the beginning that might not be practical so someone earlier mm -hmm. on what advice would you give them <laughs> well kendall i'm gonna share my little short story in 2012 i started working for myself and I fell flat. I mean, it was terrible. Cause I, cause Kendall, I didn't think it through. I didn't have a plan. Um, and I thought I was just like, oh, I'm good at what I do. I can, I, 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 can, I can get people left and right. And it wasn't that easy. So I revisited once, once I, I quit and I moved and I, I was in Houston, Texas. I went working for <clears throat> one of them it's the only health club that's on wall street right now and it's lifetime fitness um and they only build lifetime fitness in different areas where the income was is at a certain amount which i think is very smart if that's what you want um as a business wise so um i was very intimidated by the business because they fly you to minnesota for a couple of weeks train you on all your education and your knowledge and then now you have to work with you what on your education and knowledge you're you're <laughs> you're taking you're, you're dealing with the ceos the vice presidents the executives you've been with all these big wigs so it was a little bit intimidating i was like and they were like here's this is how the training went in minnesota okay 
Um, welcome to Lifetime Fitness. We're glad to have you. We picked you because, hey, we wanted the best of the best to work for our company. You fail one test, you will not work for this company. I was like, Jesus Christ. So you're going to test us for two weeks. We can't fail one test or we don't get on. And I was like, oh my God. So pressure, pressure, pressure. Okay, Sean, you can deal with pressure to study. We did study groups, whatever. Aced it, boom, boom, boom. Went back to Houston, boom. And I wanted to learn more about the business for me. I wanted to, to learn what it's the general manager, sale manager, uh, personal training, director of personal training. I wanted to learn everything. So I went a different route, but what I would tell anybody starting out in a, as a business, just be open, just be open-minded. Don't be closed-minded to nothing, just be open to just learn and get better at your craft, you want to be proficient at it. And even if you stumble, just don't, just don't quit because it's hard. But I revisited entrepreneurship four years later and I had my plan. I was better. I was more confident, Kendall. I, I just, when I first went into it, I just wasn't ready. I just wasn't I prepared. I love what you're saying right now. I think you know? so many, I think it's cool today especially with social media to like have your own business, have your own side hustle. When in reality, right. you know, if you own your own business and you're doing it right, especially in the early years, you're going to be working so much fucking more than a nine to five. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's so, I mean, I have so many, so many people that hit my DMs and they're like, yeah, I want to quit my nine to five and start my own gig. I was like, okay, do you, okay, are you ready to sacrifice time with your kids? Time with your partner, time with your friends, your social life, um, because it, it's not fun most of the time. That's why it's so important. You love what you do because you if you to. don't, you're out the door. I give you a month. A but month. I, I want to touch on something you just said because I, I think it gets such a bad rap in reality. It's so great. If you are not ready to start your own business, go work for someone who already has, that has a proven method. And go learn every fucking thing you can from them. Mm -hmm. How you don't want to run it. How you do want to run it. Learn from it. Soak it up. Even if you're getting paid shit, there's right. still a premium because you're learning. You're getting paid to learn. And then you leave and you start your own shit after a year or two. There is no shame in that. And I think mm -hmm. it gets such a bad rap of why am I going to go work for someone else when I know how to. No, you fucking don't or you would have done it. Mm -hmm. You would have done it. Kimber, I love what you just said too, because when I, before I opened, I went for a whole entire year and I worked for this guy and I give him, man, I give him my buddy, Brandon Floyd, he owns Level Up Fitness in Ponte Vedra. We both worked out of this guy's studio and this guy's name is Sergey. He had the perfect plan. So I studied this guy. I mean, I studied him. He's like, he used to always say, Sean, John, 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 you're a phenomenal trainer. I like how you write things down and then you're, you're, you're so organized and you're so structured and you're so, you've got so much knowledge or whatever. I said, but say, I don't have your knowledge. You've been doing this way longer than me. He's like, he's like, just watch me, just observe me. And I watched how he ran his, his business. Was very, his, his business was very, very successful. So what I did, I took that same model and everything that he poured into me, and I was like, I think I'm ready. Now, here's the thing, Kendall. My clients at the time, they were like, Sean, you need your own spot. You gotta get, you gotta do it. I said, I don't think I can do this. He's like, come on, Sean, we're gonna follow you. You got us already. You just gotta get your own establishment. I was like, I don't know, man. Uh, I said, yeah, right, right. So I took this 
crappy general manager job in Atlanta. Then I lived in Buckhead and then I came back and then I opened my spot. And it has been steady. The thing that scared me is like, they were like the first couple of years in entrepreneurship, it's gonna be hell. My first two years, I was scratching my head a lot. And then my first year I was eating ramen noodles. I mean, the money wasn't just pouring in. And my brother told me something. I called him and I said, man, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm cut out for this. He's like, listen, Sean, you got a talent, you got a gift. You've been doing this pretty much all your life. If you put in the discipline, the hard work, like you've done your body, there's no way that this shit's not going to be successful. I took that and it just, it was like, it was like smelling salt. I just was like, holy shit. I mean, it was, those, just that little statement that he said, it just made something alive in me. He said, Sean, take that same discipline and that same work ethic that you put into your body all those years and put that into your business. Do the same damn thing. And that's what I did, Kendall. I, I really start, my brother and my best friend, they were the ones that really believed in me. And he said, if I had that gift, there's no damn way I would walk away from it because of fear. He said, are you out your mind? He said, I wish I had a talent to have my own business. And I was like, he said, Sean, that's a, that's, if a person can own, he said, you know, not everybody can do that. Kendall, so for us to be in entrepreneurship, girl, it's, it takes a special somebody and you got to have a certain type of mindset in order to do it. I think part of that mindset that I've found that um, I succeed with is that knowing when I'm wrong and what I don't know and finding people that know it and, and clicking with them. Right. I think that uh, that's where a lot of people fall short, especially when it comes to becoming friends with people in your own industry. They're like, well, that's my, that's my competition. Why would I go hang out with them? Why would I reach out to them? Right. You need a community. You know, it's okay to have your friends that you go out with. It's okay to have your friends from childhood, but you need those friends that are better than you to mm -hmm. make you need. It's my, it's my favorite quote. It's on my Facebook. If you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. You need mm -hmm. to have that room where you go to, where everyone in there is more successful, wealthier, had a business for longer. Um, mm -hmm. Just in general, they're, what you want to be, you might not be it, but they're what you want to be in 10, 15, 20 years. I have a CEO focus group. I am the youngest person by 25 years. It's $400 a year and I will pay that every year until I die. Because mm -hmm. I want to be the youngest person learning from the people that are already established and then eventually I want to become the person that's feeding back into the younger generation coming into that group you need to be that and you need to grow into it mm. um how has good. I don't know I don't even know what we would classify as the failure that you talked <laughs> about I, I guess it would be uh your failure to react to your depression in a healthier way as someone as a person in the health industry is that my well, you well, you know, I well, you know, I failed in business in 2012. I failed flat. Okay, flat. Well, that's that's one, and that was when you went to your the back to corporate America. Right, I went back to corporate America for four years, and then I went back. I had a, a, one of my buddies. He was like, you know, I was I was like, man, I'm, you know, my mom had 
my mom had moved back. My mom had moved to Florida. She was in Atlanta. She moved to Florida, and I was like, man, I'm. I'm, I was missing her. I was like, man, I, I need to move back. I mean, my brother's in Texas. I'm. She, neither one of us are here. She, it's only me. It was all my mom, me, and my brother. And I was like, somebody needs to be close to her. And I know my brother. My brother had his own family and his career was established in, in Fort Worth, Texas. And I was like, you know what? I need to move back. Something just kept telling me. But my buddy, uh, Brandon, <laughs> again, my best one of my best friends, he was like, listen, man, there's a spot here, man. Come, come here, man, and make a name for your business. And you know, because it's, you, you just have to pay rent. The train. I said, but damn, man. I said, bro, I ain't got no damn clients. He's like, Sean, you, you know, just come out here and build it. Just come out here and build it. And I was like, and so I started reaching out to people, see what they were doing. People I used to train before when I was uh, um, a manager at Bailey's, because I was a G. I used to be a GM for Bailey's. I, was a GM, oh, then I, I oh yeah, years ago, I was a GM for Bailey's and then I stepped down and then I became a, a personal trainer for Bailey's and I just worked my way up to director of personal training. So having wearing different hats, I, I kind of had an inkling of how I wanted to run my business because I've already failed once at it, horribly. And I was like, okay, Sean, you, got, you can do this better. So working out of Sergey's, I just, I just learned so much from a guy who was well seasoned, more educated, more experienced, been extremely successful at it, had loyal clientele base, and I was just like, man. But one thing I learned about Sergey, he was so hands on, and he was so technical, and he was so methodical in his approach to things. And I was just, I just took little snippets from him. Kindle and develop my own thing. And then when I thought I was ready, I just went ahead and launched on my own and just tweaked it a little bit, took that same model. And I saw him a couple of years ago. Um, it was at Lowe's. And I told him, I said, man, thank you. Thank you. You, because of you, I've had my own business for three years. It was three years at the time. And he was like, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of Brandon. Because Brandon owns Level Up Fitness in Ponte Vedra, which is very successful. And and just like you said, something like you got to have. I met Brandon. Is that uh, by I'm a sure. coffee shop? Brandon Floyd, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah, by I'm Urban sure I want to say it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Is I'm he not, a tall, light-skinned dude? Uh, everybody always says Brandon's light-skinned. I, I would say Brandon, he's... No, I think he, Brandon has trained me before. Like, I think I went there with a couple of the wives, and, like, he trained me, but... Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's an ex football player. Played play ball at East 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 CW, um, East Carolina. Um, he um, also, uh, God, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, he does a lot of group fitness stuff too, as well. With you know, I mean, he, he has a huge following. I mean, um, but he's someone in the industry that you stay connected with and that you oh feed yeah. Off of. Yeah, and we, we, like, he'll come out my studio, I'll go by his studio, we swap ideas, and people are like, you guys are so good at what you do, there's no jealousy. I said, no, Brandon's like my brother. I'm like, you, 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 and with guys, we, guys, we're egotistical in our nature. There's no ego with me and Brandon. There's no competition. It's all about how can, how can we make each other better? How can we collaborate on things? And we, we got some things that we're working on that's in the pipeline right now, but we just, we got the same vision. And to be around people who 
are more successful than you or just doing just as better than you where you can get better. I think it's really important thing that you, and you brought that up, Kendall. I mean, it's, it's huge. It is so huge. So it is. But, and just getting yeah. involved in those networks and in your community and here right. in Jacksonville, every, every city has it, but it, it took me to the next level when I, because when I first came here, I was not happy about being in Jacksonville. And it took me getting involved in like the Jack's Chamber, young uh, young professionals network, like really integrating myself into the community to find people that were like-minded. Cause I mean, to be honest, there isn't many people at my age that women especially that are passionate about a career. Cause everyone my age, like we're having babies, we're getting married and it's just, right. there's not as many women trying to do what I do. So finding that community, right. Um, it's huge for my business, but I can only imagine, I mean, you were saying that your clients, when you lost your mom, were the ones that were giving you that little bit of relief. I like to think right. that if you had a larger community in the fitness industry, maybe that would have gone differently on the, from that angle. Right, right, right. And since we're so close, because Kendall, people were like, well, Sean, why don't you have a big gym? I said, listen, when you go from being a general manager of million dollar facilities and all the stuff that you see, I said, I, that wasn't my vision. My vision was small, personal, personal both. I did not, I don't want nothing on an astronomical scale with all this. I said, I, that's, that, that was never my, I always wanted small because I said, personal training studios are for the people who don't like the creepers and, 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 and constantly being stared as she's doing squats and you know, lunges and all because the, there's there's a lot of weirdos in big gym. It, it just is hard. This is sad. I mean, it's just true. You got guys, guys who just go there to just talk to women or try to mack on women or just creeping and yeah, it just it's it's a lot of weird things that go on gyms. I love gyms. You know, I have two gym memberships, one at Bailey's and one at Planet Fitness. I love gyms. It's my escape to get out of my personal training studio. But my vision it was always small. I always wanted to get people who and some people aren't comfortable in those bigger gyms. And so, and some people want to have small confines to where they feel it's at home and it's it's more personal. And they could just, just literally just really just be themselves. So that's my target and my target is not big, you know, so for well, me, it works. I think people works. get wrapped up that they need all this stuff to be successful, oh, but yeah. in reality, if you do it, I mean, if you do it right, you don't need all of that. I mean, my my goal, and I tell this to all the people I bring on, because just like you, I sit across the table, I'm not as direct as you. I say, just like you're interviewing me, I'm interviewing you. I don't right. bring everyone on that I, I sit with. Um, right. It is very important to me that I have a small practice. I will only ever have 200 clients. You, If you become a client, you are number, whatever they would be. And then right. I'm closing my doors because I want a boutique firm my issue, it hasn't been an issue yet, but all of my mentors and colleagues tell me, eh, Kendall, don't do this. But for me, it's worked out so much. And I think that it's the same for you. So much right. of my personal life is wrapped up in my professional life. When, mm -hmm. Because I feel like because I'm so passionate about it, it's hard not to right. bring the two together because I'm not bringing people on unless I could see myself going and get a beer with them. Right. I'm not bringing clients on unless I could sit and go to their daughter's wedding like that I'm not unless I see myself in my mind doing that you're not coming into my practice right right so that I only like that. works on a small setting right exactly that's the only way it can work 
Right. That's good so. stuff. That's good stuff, Kim. That's good stuff. Yeah. You 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 gotta see you gotta see your for me, I gotta see myself getting along with this person, just really just like liking this person in order for it to work for me. Because I'm like, man, my business is this shit. It's like home. I'm always right. there. Exactly. So it feels like it's, home. So if I'm always at my business, it's got to be a peaceful place. It's got to be a place that I'm comfortable with to make other people comfortable. It can't be a place in disarray and and a lot of negativity and and, and oh, it can't be a place like that. I mean, I got to be here but all day. Why would I want to be like that? We have to be careful there, Sean, because we don't want to create this this picture of that just because we want it to be a peaceful place doesn't mean that right. it's going to be always free of conflict. Part oh, of no. owning a business. Now that's true. That's true. <laughs> Part of owning right. business and being an entrepreneur is knowing how to de-escalate situations, react efficiently and timely, and then come home. And everything passes, right? But you that is part that is such a big part of it. Because I mean, if you can't handle conflict in a peaceful, right. you can't go like if you get in a fight with a client, you can't <laughs> go up and slap them. I mean, you could. Right. But it's gonna, I mean, it's gonna have some serious consequences. You some have blowback. to know it's gonna have right. a little blowback. So you need to know how to, and I want, I think that it's important to illustrate that because I love what I do, but right now the market's down. You don't think I've had a few hard conversations with clients, like it's part of it. And I'm sure right. you've had the same thing. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. But I want to get back to this last question and then I'll, I'll let you go. How has, how have your experiences made you specifically, I want specific uh, adverbs or descriptive words how has it changed you in a better way as a father as a brother as a son as a business owner Ooh. I can't, you got me really thinking tonight girl Jesus um you know I must I would start with my brother because I share a lot of what I go through in my day-to-day with him. And my brother has a unique way of looking at things with a sense of logic, if that makes sense. I mean, and, and just breaking things down, our conversations are always very intriguing. And he always shows me something um, that I possibly couldn't see. Like, I, have I ever gotten to it with clients? Like, yeah. You know, I have, I mean, I've had disagreement with clients, but at the end of the day, we can rectify those issues, you know? Um, and, 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 and it all depends on what the issue is. We can rectify it and, and, and come to some sort of resolve. Because for me, I don't know if it's my Zodiac sign or Libra being a, a balance. I, I like being at peace with people. I don't like having, I don't like being in turmoil. I'm like, listen, if we got a problem, Let's fix this problem today. Let's not let it fester. So it made me be uh, a better communicator with my clients and, and more understanding to their situations on the outside of training. Because if I've had situations, Kendall, where I've said something in a joking manner and a client just starts bawling. And I'm like, whoa, what the, 
the hell did I just do? <laughs> I don't like seeing a woman cry. I don't, I can't, that, that, that freaks me out when a woman is crying. I was like, God, and if I got anything to do, I was like, okay, okay, I got a female client. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. How do I, how do, how do I just escalate this, this total situation? And 95% of the time it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the things that they're dealing with. And, and as a as a business owner, I have to always keep mindful that, Sean, these people have lives outside of this. They have things that they deal with at work or in their relationships or or anything. So it, it's, it, it, it has allowed me to be more empathetic and sympathetic to what people are actually going through. Um, uh, me, it's been, for me, with my brother, um, there was a point, I guess, when I lost my mom. Uh, my brother is just a constant reminder of, you know, it's it's hard for me as a man to just deal with my different emotions and that. And then based off everything, we had to come together. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna start being a better brother to my brother. I'm gonna start calling him more, talking to him a little bit more because when you experience, death does changes you and um, our, our communication was broken a little bit and then all of a sudden we just found ourselves coming back. So it's, it's, it's helped me to be a better communicator. As far as a father, um, I have a, if anybody hasn't seen my daughter, a beautiful daughter, she just turned six last week and I have a son who's turning 16 in April, which I cannot believe. Oh my God, that's uh, crazy. It, it, it is insane. And with them, I realize all the things I've been through, um, especially with with death, is that um, they need me. They need me. Um, I have to spend more time. I have to. I, I, I had to pull back because Kendall. I was working six days a week, and Kendall, you know, I was used to work Monday through Saturday. Now, um, and unless I have to do a makeup or I have to change some days around or or move a client to a Saturday because I missed a week or, or missed a couple of days. But I, I, I try my, I try to pride myself in just working Monday through Friday so I can actually spend more time, especially because my daughter's here, my, my son is in Tennessee, spend more time with her because I mean, she's much younger than Jordan and me and Jordan bond is like, it's, it's unbroken because we've, that that kid was with me for a big part of his life. So, but but now Giselle is here, and uh, she's a girl. So the dynamics is different. And I I'm I try to sacrifice more time to spend time with her because um, me not having a father that's important to me. So mm -hmm. it's made me a better father for my daughter because she's six. But in the early years of her life, I was all about just chasing the business and everything. And I wasn't spending a lot of time with her. Now I'm more hands-on with my daughter. And I think that's vitally important um, for that father, especially with a little girl. It's so important for that father to bond with his daughter, you know, um, because Well, you're she, teaching her how to be treated. You're teaching exactly. her what to expect. You're Can implementing her standard. Kendra, get out of my head, get out of my head. That's exactly what I was about to say. I'm the image of a man, the first man that she sees. The first man that she's gonna see is the father. If I'm not hands-on with her, if I'm not spending time with her, 
that's that's going to mess with her psyche. And I don't want that for my little girl, you know. So um, when you have kids, it ain't it's about you, but it's not about you. You have to kind of take a back seat to their needs, you know. So it's it's made me a better father. Um, as far have as have you ever apologized to her for not being present in the beginning? Yeah, her and my son, especially when when, when, That's huge. when I, now well with my son, I, I was always there, but. Giselle, I mean, she, uh, I never had to apologize to Jordan because I was always there for Jordan, but, but Giselle, uh, I, I, I talked to her at six. I know she, she understands some things. She understands um, a lot more than you think. And I did, I do apologize and have apologized when I wasn't that much there for her in the beginning. I was like, but, but I remind her every day, I was like, baby girl, daddy loves you. I'm always going to be here. You're yeah. always gonna be. You're always gonna be first in my life. So um, my my clients, they are so funny because they like, God, you, when you interact with her, it's like, it's like, uh, who is that guy? <laughs> because I pick her up every day. She gets out of school at three and bring her back to the studio every day. Awesome. And me and her mom came to agreement. She's like, you know, Sean, you need to bond with her more. Um, and her mom is big on the memories, not the money. And she she says that all the time. She says, Sean, they don't have a concept of a dollar. It's about the memories with her. She says, Sean, when she becomes a teenager, she's going to remember these moments. She's going to remember coming to the studio as a little girl. She's going to remember you training clients. She's going to remember all these things. I did this with my dad. My dad had this business, blah, blah, blah. She's going and, and I'm, I, it never registered with me about the memories for the kids until Nellie pointed that out for me. And I was like, wow. She's, and she says it all the time. It's about the memories, not the money. And I was like, wow. So it, that has changed me because, but it, look, I never, I never had a daughter before Kendall. So dealing with the little girl scared the hell out of me. So I was kind of standoffish in the beginning. I didn't change her diaper. I was just freaking out. I was like, hold on, that stuff is different down there. I just, it just, it was just, it was just a different dynamics. And and Nellie was like, you are out of your mind. She's like, you ch- you changed Jordan's diaper. I was like, well, Jordan's got what I got. She ain't got what I got. So, so it took. I did not change her diaper in that first that 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 that, that, that first year and a half. I did not. I didn't do nothing. I that didn't. Is uh, hysterical. That reminds <laughs> me of my dad when um, our first was born. It was a girl, and right. my dad came to the hospital, and he was. And AJ was scared to change her diaper because it was just scary. She seemed so fragile and it's a vagina and he's never cleaned a vagina. Yeah. My dad had me. So like he came and he was like, like shoved AJ over. And he goes, this is how you do it. He opens up her diaper and he like gets all in the crevices. And I remember AJ was sitting behind my dad and he was like, and then when my dad left, he was like, I was about to fucking kill him. Like, I, like what the fuck was he doing? Touching our kid like that. And I was like, that's, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. That's hysterical, though. Yeah. It's a year and a half. Yeah, but it it made me, uh, it definitely made me a better person. And 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 for me, the the loss and and, and the failures, it just made me more cognizant of, and my advice to anybody starting an entrepreneurship, believe in yourself and be patient. That's the, you got to believe in yourself and you got to be patient. Everything that you're going through, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have things you're doing with trial and error. 
it's a part of it's all a part of the process but you have to be relentless in your approach that this is going to be hard i'm going to i'm going to fail i'm like because golly in the I've been in business by my, for myself for seven years now. Those first two years, I tell people, listen, in the beginning, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. So, you know, where you got your degree in? Economics and finance. Let me ask you this. So you got your degree in economics and finance. Was the business aspect challenging for you in the beginning? Incredibly. Incredibly, um, because even in business and finance, I think that there's a misconception that that you know how to run a business. I know how to make money. Um, I don't. I didn't learn how to scale my business. I didn't learn how to properly market. Um, I just knew how to evaluate companies, trade stocks, and talk to people. Mm. Um, I firmly believe that everybody that goes to school should at least minor in business management. At least. Exactly. At exactly. Least. I mean, I don't even care if you. I don't. Even, I'm not even a big person on college, and my my clients will tell you this. I do not sell college to my clients and to their kids. I sell on having your kid go work for a small business owner if you don't own one. Mm. They will learn so much more from that experience than they will in college. Mm-hmm. So much more. I college. I got. I think I graduated with a 3.8. GPA. I went to class half the time. I can't tell you half the shit that I learned in there. The most I learned was working for a friend's hair salon uh, the last two years of high school. Watching their payment processes, watching how they interacted with clients, watching how um, they employed people, how they fired people, how they hired people. Um, That would be my advice if you have children. And you're doing that, right? You're bringing your daughter in. Your son's in Tennessee, which which mm-hmm. has its own shortcomings, but having yeah. him go and intern, get your kids in a small business because the college education is decreasing in value at undergraduate degree level and increasing in cost. Teach right. your kids how to run a fucking business. America was built, the tax code is built for you and loopholes are left open for the small business owner in this country. It sure hell is <laughs> so, uh, that is but, so much um, more valuable than a college education right now it, it, it is you know i get my son this summer and he said dad i, I want to work for you this summer you know i saw him over christmas he said, dad i want to work for you this summer i said yeah i, I said you're gonna work for me and i'm gonna pay you i'm not i said i don't want you to ever work hard at something and not reap the rewards from that and I say yeah you you will work for me and I and I because I want to teach him certain things you know um because right now he's at a age that he now he's he started lifting weights early before me he's he's working out now and I would I'm just like I'm, he's I'm so like, different looking than when I saw him last he's taller I'm like he's tall. he's so and I'm like this kid I'm like how is this even and I'm like, he said, Dad, you didn't think I was going to eventually get into working out? He said, Dad, that's all I remember. That's all I remember you doing. You was always working out. You would take me to the gym with you. I, he said, Dad, how can I not fall in love with fitness and exercise? He, he, I mean, he'll call me from the gym. Dad, am I doing this right? FaceTime me. Am I doing this right? 
him and his friends, I'm doing this right. I'm like, this is how you do it. And I'll send them. I'm like, watch me. You guys watch me. But I, I love that. For me and Jordan, we've always been super close. So, but I love the dynamics of our relationships and the conversations have changed. Um, I, I now I'm, I'm, I never, I don't want to say I never was not in love, but I'm super in love with my kids. I mean, uh, you know, I, I wasn't big on posting pictures. I wasn't big on posting pictures on Facebook. Now I'm, I'm sharing more pictures with them to the world, which I was totally against because I, I, I'm not a fan of social media. I'm just being honest. I'm not a fan of it. Um, and most likely, 10 out of 10, when I finally am done with my business and retire, I will be totally off social media. I believe but it, it is so, but it is so good for business. Mm-hmm. I brand the hell out of my business on social media. I mean the As hell out should. of it. I mean that's and part I, of the reason why we're here. Yeah, it is I get Kendall, what people want people are like, no way. I'm like, I get majority of my clients from Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I do. And that's, that's just not the, the truth. same for me, but mine's more for branding purposes. It's like my business right. card, like when I meet with people, because I would have about I would say 20 to 30 people coming through the pipeline every week, uh, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Google, or Dave Ramsey. And mm-hmm. my Instagram's like, especially if they're not a good fit for me, I'm like, hey, you know, we're not a great fit. Um, I give them something of value to take away or tell them what the next step would be with, without me involved. And then I go follow my Instagram. I put free information on there every day that you right. can use. Right. For people in your industry, Sean, how can they contact you? Oh, preferred method. You, you want me to give them everything? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give them everything. You can. I'm uh, gonna put everything in the caption, but your um, preferred. Uh, you know what? I love. Uh, I love voice to voice. I think uh, we don't communicate as people um, as much through voice to voice or person to person. So I'm gonna give you my number: 904-403-6991. And you can also get, to, let's say you can't reach me on phone, you can always go to my website, tailormadetrainingforyou.net. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-M-A-D-E-T-R-A-I-N-G, the number four, the letter U.net. Because if you need to get in touch with me, and you, if I'm not answering my phone, because sometimes I'm swamped, phone's on a charger or something, you can actually send an inquiry that would go to my email. And my email address is T as in Tom, the number four, the letter U, dot S as in Sam, my last name, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at gmail.com. Those are three major ways that you can contact me. So, Do you have an Instagram uh, for that I can tag? Yes, um, it's at driven not motivated twenty one. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Driven not motivated. Well, Sean, oh. I appreciate you mm. so much. Yeah, buddy. I, thanks for having me on. Now the next step is I go on yours. And That's I gotta right. Go on your podcast. And now I will be seeing. I will be sending you a whole. Now my. You got to go look at some of my podcasts. They're all over the freaking place on Facebook, Kendall. I'm sorry. I have not seen what you post one. 
podcast. I'm not. I would have already messaged you about it and been like, "What? Like, why am I? Why haven't you invited me?" Like that's like I would have already given you shit about it. Yeah, you you got you got to go on. God, if you go to my personal page and scroll, I'm like, oh, there's a podcast right there. How did I not miss? How did I miss this? That algorithm does not put you on my timeline. But I'll go on your Facebook right after this, and I'm going to look at them. Yeah, Um, yeah. But I'm because I'm. Um, uh, when, what's, what's your availability for podcasts this time by this time? Nighttime. Nighttime or really early in the morning. Really you early in 3 a.m. But like 5, 30, 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm already with clients. <laughs> yeah. Then nighttime. Then nighttime. Because like, so. my kids are so young. Like I, if I'm not working, I feel such guilt if I'm not here present with them mm-hmm. that's and right i've already gotten like five text messages from aj while we're sitting here it's come across my computer screen where the fuck are you and we're locked <laughs> in the bathroom <laughs> you can't find me <laughs> in a big <laughs> big ass house all lost and shit. <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> i mean that okay. house is too daggum big it's not that i mean it's big but it's not like Never make me look like an asshole. Okay. Yeah, and this was another episode of Failure Friday, and we had Sean Taylor on. Always a pleasure. I'm going to put all of his information for you to contact him in the right. caption, and uh, he prefers phone, email, or his website. But I'm also going to tag his Instagram and his Facebook, and you can check out his podcast. What's it called? Uh, my podcast is The No Judgment Zone, discussing Ooh. topics with no judgments. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, I'm gonna have to be super sober when I go on that one because hey, I'm, like, I'm just gonna be Kendall, like a leaky can, pot. Kendall, you can say whatever you want to say. That's how we That's like it. I just like say. yours, no script. I'm not, when you look at some of our podcasts, you will see. You'll be like, okay, this is, I need to go on this thing like ASAP because yeah, they just like you know, they're all hanging out. <laughs> gonna get a phone call from the SEC. <laughs> questionable conversations. Um, <laughs> But it is raw. Another episode. God, yeah, I figured. You're pretty fucking raw. Always have been. Always have been. If you want to come on the podcast, it's totally unscripted, as you can tell. Uh, (laughs) We are booked up until April, but I'd love to have you, especially if you're a business owner or you have something that you would like to brand that can inspire other people, but also help you move forward in your business. Uh, Shoot me a DM and I'll get you on the schedule. I hope you all have a good night and thank you, Sean. You're welcome, Kendall. Have a good one.